0: Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, if you have your Bibles, we are going to end up in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter three. It's gonna be an amazing, amazing time. You can turn on your phone, turn on your tablet, turn in your paper copy, whatever you need. And at the end of this, I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about 21 Days of Prayer so that you'll know what's going on and also give you some, some gifts. We have some gifts for you today. We love giving gifts around here. And you say, well, well is a gift is normally free. Is these gonna be, yes, these are gifts. These are gifts. They're already been taken care of for the generosity of our people, and I'm so excited. But here's what I want you to get. I, I want today to intentionally intrigue you with a book that we're gonna be in over the next 21 days that for some of you You will want to read this book. Now, some of you say, Mickey, I don't read. Bro, we're good, (laughs) We're good. I'm not asking you or begging you to do anything. I'm just gonna make something available to you. So today, I'm gonna intentionally be sharing a little bit out of the very beginning of this book called Whisper by Mark Batterson, my favorite, favorite author of all times, and try to intrigue you a little bit and then dive into God's word. And then hopefully by the end of this, I hope I've whetted your appetite because these are actually available to every person that wants one. When you leave, all you gotta do is go buy guest services and get one. They've already been taken care of at no cost to you. You're like, oh, one per family. No, one for every person that will read it. And so you're like, like well, me and my wife will share. Don't do that, all right? Because you're gonna wanna read and they're gonna have it and they're gonna wanna read. And you, like I encourage you to get your own individual book, mark in it. If you were to look, I've read through it twice. If you were to look in my book, you'll see all kinds of highlights and notes. Like own it, make it your own. But with that being said, here's what I want you to know as we enter 21 days of prayer. Here's a statement that I wrote down that's from Mark Batterson that I think is extremely, extremely powerful. And he says this. Prayer is the difference between the best we can do and the best God can do. Prayer is the difference between the best that we can do and the best that God can do. See, that's that's the thing I want you to understand is I think for a lot of us over the next 21 days, we've heard people talking about prayer. We've heard people tell us what prayer is, trying to define prayer. And I've realized that really, it's really hard to do it, but I can tell you how to experience it. And it's one of those things, there's some things in my life that, that it's hard to explain. It's just easier for you to see it and to do it. And then it becomes yours, and it helps you move forward. But as powerful as prayer is, I believe there's something more powerful than talking to God. And it's what's gonna be the focus of today's message in the next 21 days. Like as much as the power of God is the aspect of prayer, is the best that we can do, but adding that now it's the best that God can do, as great as that sounds, I believe There is something more powerful than your talking to God. And it's you listening to him. You understanding how to hear God's voice and to recognize his voice and where he speaks and how he speaks through different avenues and be able to hear the still small voice that's in your soul and in your spirit and to recognize God's voice and to move towards what he's telling you to do. I believe that is more powerful than any language that you have talking to God. You can talk and pray to God until you're blue in the face, but if you don't recognize and understand how he speaks back to you, then you've got a one-way communication. Now, I don't know about you, but one-way communication is not much of a communication. I tell our staff all the time that when we communicate with different people, if it's only one way, that's not communication. Like we've joked around Like like me sending a text and never getting a response from somebody is not communication. That doesn't let me off the hook. Like until I get a response to know, like it has to be two ways. If you've ever parented for more than two minutes, you've probably said something like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you're wanting your child to recognize, like, I hear you, I know what you're saying, and I understand. Why do we do that? Because if not, they have this amazing, amazing ability that when we do something and they get in trouble, we tell them and they say, well, I didn't know that. And in that, that just breaks your legs, doesn't it? As a parent, you're like, well, I can't hold you accountable for something you didn't know. So when we talk to them, we're like, no, listen, listen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen to me. Prayer is talking to God. But there's times you need to stop and recognize who he is and just be able to recognize and listen back to him. in fact, There's a a doctor, his name's Dr. Albert Tomotis. And about a half a century ago, he came up with this effect. It was called the Tomotis effect. And basically, what was happening is about a half a century ago, there was an opera singer that had this unbelievable ability to sing and hit all of these notes. And then all of a sudden, things that were in this opera singer's range, he no longer had the ability to hit these notes, and they brought him to Dr. Tomatis to figure out what in the world's going on, and he diagnosed the situation. An opera singer normally sings at around 160 decimals. Now, to give you an idea of how loud that is, that's a little bit louder than a military jet taking off. And what they are finding is that this opera singer had actually made himself become deaf to certain notes because as much as he's singing at 160 decimals, inside of his skull, it's actually louder. And so he had actually, through his singing, become deaf and was no longer to hit certain notes because he could no longer hear those notes. And Dr. Tomatees came up with this one simple correct analogy you cannot produce verbally something that you've never heard it's impossible you cannot produce notes that you don't hear so like if you worship with me down front it's not that i have a bad vocal range my issue is i just don't hear the notes that's my new excuse But you know, it's laughing, it's funny when we talk about singing, but I think that's where a lot of us sit spiritually. The reason why we can't speak godly things into our own lives and into other people's lives is because we've not heard godly things in our own life. You can't speak with an authority from the voice of God if you've not heard the voice of God in your life. And so if you're like me, you're like, well, okay, Mickey, sign me up. Where do I go find one of those? I'd love to hear. I mean, like, I've never had God speak to me audibly. Pastor, have you? I have not. To be honest with you, if I ever heard God's audible voice, I probably would be on the ground, in the fetal position, scared to death. The first question I would wonder is I wonder if I would recognize it. I wonder what it sounds like. I hope he has a little bit of a southern draw. But, I've, but, but there's been many times that God has also spoken my spirit so loudly that I could not hear it. And the amazing thing is the more that I started learning how to not only pray to the Lord, but also stopping and listening to the Lord, the more he's spoken to my life, the more I started being able to recognize when he was speaking in my life. Going back to my children They are amazing. I have five amazing children. I have been in the middle of a baseball field coaching. I have been in the stands of a football stadium and my kids playing on the field. And all the chaos, all the craziness going on, and something starts to break down, something starts to happen, and I could be like, son, no, and boop, they stop. See, they've been around me so much that they recognize my voice and they can pick out my voice despite all the other distractions and all the other noise going on in their life. The first question I have for you, if God spoke, would you recognize? And before you get too upset about that, I wanna tell you about the prophet Samuel. We're gonna be in 1 Samuel chapter three. We're gonna look at the first 11 verses. I think it's exactly where we are for today. I need to give you a little bit of a backdrop of who the prophet Samuel is. He is by far my favorite prophet. He was the one that anoints the first two kings of the Jewish people, the Israelites. You know, the, the Israelites are, are upset and they're, they're trying to petition and, and they want a kingship. They want to have a dictator. We want to have a king. And at the time they had some judges, but they wanted a king and, and Samuel's trying to lead them the right way. And eventually he says, okay, you know, we're going to give you a king. And he anoints the first king of Israel, which was King Saul. Then he goes back to King Saul and says, you know what? God is no longer satisfied with you. He actually hates that he has made you the king of the Israelites. Your neighbor is going to conquer you and a new king is rising up, and then he's the one that goes to Jesse, looks at the boys, says, is there anybody else, and finds King David in a field. But his story is really amazing, not because of what he did as a prophet, because he really had the voice of God, and he would speak to the Israelites and those people, but it's even his beginning story, and I'm not gonna put this on the screen, because we're gonna be in chapter three, but if you read chapters one and two, it's the amazing story of his mom, Hannah, and a priest named Eli. Basically, Hannah is one wife of this one particular husband, and she has another person that's, that's a husband's, wife. So there's two wives. One is bearing children and Hannah is not bearing children. And one day she is so distraught by this that she goes to the temple to pray and praying for God to take this affliction from her. In fact, the priest, the high priest at the time, Eli, hears her praying. She's so distraught over it. This is in chapter two that he goes to her and he literally says, woman, when are you going to stop drinking? And she's like, I'm not a woman of drunkenness. I am literally just praying to my God. And the the priest Eli literally says, I pray that God will give you everything that you're asking. And what she was asking for was a son. Well, she ended up leaving, going back home, and ends up having this son. And this son, she dedicated to the Lord and said, you know what, we will name him, and I will give him to this priest Eli for him to learn the Lord's ways. And you know who that was? That ended up being the prophet Samuel. And so even from the very beginning, parents in the room, if you don't think dedicating your children to the Lord and allowing them to be used by God more than used for your own purpose is a big deal, you need to go read chapters one and two of 1 Samuel. But then we have this concept that goes on and where we're going to be today, where before Samuel, excuse me, ever started hearing from the Lord, he had to first recognize his voice. And there's this amazing story that I want to share with you about hearing God's voice. It starts in chapter 3 of verse 1. It says, now the boy, that's key, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. That's the high priest I was just telling you about. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there were no frequent visions. First thing I want you to note. The lack of God being present in everybody else's life doesn't mean it has to be the truth for your life. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in what everybody else is lacking that we think we gotta accept what they don't have rather than accepting what God has for us. Like just because Other people may not recognize and hear God's voice and move towards God's voice. Just because other people may not be experiencing miracles and miraculous things in their life, but it's happening in your life. Just, you know, we have a way of explaining it away, right? For many, many years in church life, I was in a particular group that our number one rule was basically if you can't explain it, then you explain it away. And I just want you to know That's a lie out of the pit of hell. I want you to know that just because it's not common doesn't mean it's not appropriate. What would it look like if over the next 21 days you started to recognize God's voice and you went, holy moly, he actually does the things that he says he can do. Like I'm intrigued with one concept. Are you ready? The God of the Bible, Yahweh, in everything he did in the Bible, he can still do it today. Like what made us ever think that everything he did in his word and he gives us, that it stopped? And I believe that in God's word and everything that the God of the Bible, Yahweh did, he can still do it today on one particular point of view. If God's people will do what the people in the Bible did. See, I think God will do what he did in the Bible if we as his people will do what the people did in the Bible. Like if we get in the word and we read what they're doing and their obedience and the things they did, if we will do those things as they did in God's word, then God will do the things that he did in his word. That's why it's an instruction book and it's for edifying and refinement. So we have this going on and it's not something that's happened on a regular basis. So it's not common, right? They've never really experienced this in a while. And then listen what happens. Verse two, at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and said, Here am I. Well, Samuel hears this. I'm going to give you the Mickey Clark paraphrase real quick. He jumps up. He runs to Eli. He says, Yes, sir, what do you need? Eli's like, What are you doing, dude? I'm trying to sleep. Don't know why you're coming in here. He goes, Did you not call me? He goes, no, I didn't call you, go back and lay down. And if you keep reading in the verses, God speaks to him again. Samuel hears him, here am I, he jumps up, runs into Eli, says, yes, sir, what do you need? Eli says, son, I haven't called you. He goes, I hear your voice, I hear somebody calling me. So he he does this three times. Three times God speaks to Samuel, and three times Samuel has no idea who it is Thinks it's the priest Eli and runs into Eli and says, Yes, sir, what do you need? This is the biblical account of where ding-dong ditching came into effect. But the problem was, it wasn't that who was speaking wasn't true. The problem was that the prophet Samuel, because he had never heard God's voice, didn't know it was God. And then something changes in verse 9. I want you to listen to what the priest says, Eli. It's actually in verse six. And the Lord called again to Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again, verse seven. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called to Samuel again the third time, verse eight, and he arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for you called me. Then Eli perceived, that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say. Now, if you have a paper Bible, you need to underline the next few words I'm about to read. I want you to know that this is is the challenge that I'm giving each and every person in this room, including the man standing on the stage. I want you as God is moving over the next 21 days, to repeat these words on a regular basis. I want you in your prayer life, as you finish those different prayers and you take time to stop and to listen, I want you to say these words out loud or in your soul as you're driving to work, as you're coming and going. Here's what he says, words that will change our lives forever. Here's what he said. When you hear it, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I actually like the NIV translation of this a little bit better. Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written written in Greek. One of the biggest differences in that were the verb tenses. Hebrew doesn't have some of the same verb tenses that, that the Greek has. The Greek have my favorite verb tense, which is called a present active indicative. In other words, it's something that has been said and it is happening and it never stops happening and it continues to happen. Uh, A lot of times when it's talking about pray without ceasing, it's the aspect of, of not only am I praying right now, but I continue to pray and there's never gonna be a time that I stop praying. In fact, one of the greatest places it shows up when it talks about that Jesus died for your sins and through his name, you can have forgiveness. That's a present active indicative verb. In other words, it forgave you in the past, it forgives you in the present and it's gonna forgive you in the future. There's never a time that it stops. I love that. Well, guess what? In the NIV, this will actually say, is listening. And it's the aspect of saying to God, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In other words, I'm at your attention. There's never gonna be a time that I stop listening. I think for most of us, our biggest struggle that we have and what you're gonna have to battle over the next 21 days is we compartmentalize our life, right? Boy, Sunday morning from 10 to 11, I am all ears. Lord, you talk to me. But Monday, come 8 o'clock, when I clock in, I got a lot of stuff to get done. What would it look like if we entered into a day saying, Lord, I do have a lot of things to do, but nothing trumps me hearing from you? Whatever it may do, be, I will listen if you will speak. Lord, your servant is listening. And listen to how God responds. Woo, this is good. Verse 10, and the Lord came and stood calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, listen to these words, behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears, it will tingle. What I want you to understand is something that's extremely amazing is that when God speaks in your life, it's never just for you. Like you may tell you why it's so important that not only that we pray to God because because it's more than just what we can do, now we leverage what he can do, but we also need to listen to God is because whenever God speaks in your life, I promise it's never just for you. Majority of the time that God has spoke into my life in a very real way it had less to do with my situation and more to do with other people's situation that I had the amazing ability to have a relationship with and to be able to speak into them and to pour into them and encourage them. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's tough when God speaks something into your life and you feel like you need to share that with somebody else because you don't want them to think that like, like, this, like this dude's weird like, how do I know that this is true? How do I know that this is right? And let me tell you what I've discovered. It's kind of like the times where God leads and nudges me where I see somebody. This doesn't happen all the time, but there's been some times where I've seen somebody on a corner asking for money or needing assistance. And, and I've, I've had a few bucks in my pocket and I've stopped. I'm just like, you know, what? I'm, I just, I just feel led. I'm I just, here you go. I don't give them the money and say, hey, listen, I'm the pastor of Crossroads Community Church. I just want you to know God loves you. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you were to die today, would you go to hell? I don't do, what I do is I say, here's money. You say, oh, well, Mickey, they're just gonna take that cash and go buy drugs and alcohol. You know what? That's not on me. All I can do is do what God's put in my heart. The way people perceive And move on from there is what they gotta listen to the God that's in their heart. So when God speaks in your life, can I encourage you to have a little bit of boldness to be able to step out and to tell people what God's saying? Because you may be surprised how many times you speak into somebody's life and they just affirm something that they were been listening to or what they've been asking for. It's gonna make what scripture says, a multitude of people's ears tingle. So that's the first part I want you to catch with 21 days of prayer. I got one other thing and then I'm done. So the question is, well, Mickey, if the prophet Samuel didn't recognize God's voice the first time, how do you expect me? That's a great question. I wanna give you the number one way that I think God is gonna speak into your life. And it's what this whole book, Whisper, is all about. In fact, it shows up in 1 Kings. You're not gonna see this scripture, but I'm gonna read through it very, very quickly. It's 1 it's Kings chapter 19. It's verses 11 and 12. And it's talking about how the Lord spoke to Elijah. And I believe it's the way that you're gonna see God speak to you over the next 21 days. Can I read this for you? And he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces of rock before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So let me tell you what's going on. Elijah's petitioning God, he's basically saying, just wipe them all out, wipe out all these prophets, wipe out all these people, all these people, like they've all turned from you, God, just wipe them all out and we'll start from over. And God starts moving through the wind and breaks apart the mountains. He has an earthquake, he, he breaks apart the rocks and different things, he even has a fire. But none of those things was the Lord in. See, all of those things were to get everybody's attention. See, I think that's one of the things that I want you to understand. There are things in your life where God's trying to get your attention and those normally are preceded by, or followed up by, and then God's speaking to you. We get called up in circumstances and God trying to get our attention as if God's speaking. God is not in the circumstance, God is in his voice. Notice that the circumstance is going to get your attention so that you can get ready to listen and receive what God's going to say. Are you with me? Everybody tracking with me right now? So, how does he speak? Well, it's in the next verse. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. You let me tell you where God speaks the most. It's in a whisper. I actually did a little bit of research, and and again, if you read this book called Whisper, you're going to get all this information and then some. I hope I've enticed you a little bit to be like, hmm, I'm curious. I I would like to read this book. Good news for you. It's not going to cost you anything. They're already out there and ready. But the thing with Whisper that I'm so intrigued with, because it's all throughout, I literally could have brought in 20 to 30 scriptures very quickly of reading of how God spoke in whispers. I think that's one of the reasons why when God talks about be still and know that I am God, it's the aspect of of being still and understanding what's going on and getting quiet so that you can hear the still, small voice of the Lord. In fact, one of the most intriguing things when we talk about whispering, I know Miss Kathy has been doing a study in Genesis, but you know, God created Adam and he said he breathed life into him. Can I give you a little heads up? If you were to find the word whisper, what it actually means is by not using your vocal cords, you actually breathe out the words. You could actually use the word whisper of how God spoke life into Adam. You say, well, why in the world would God speak to a whisper? One main reason. Well, two. Number one, in order to hear a whisper, you're going to have to block out all the noise the first thing you're gonna have to do today is you're gonna have to make a conscious decision to not get distracted by everything's going on so that you can actually hear a whisper. It's hard for you to hear a whisper when everybody else is shouting at you, right? But I think there's a bigger point. In order to hear a whisper, you gotta get close. Could God shout from the mountaintops and tell you he sure could, and you know what would happen? You would stay just where you are as far away from God. But when he speaks to you in a whisper, and he says, I wanna tell you something, then all of a sudden you gotta what? You gotta, you gotta lean in, right? You gotta get close. See, there's, there's intimacy. A lot of times, <laughs> I don't mean to talk about my kids so much, but when you got five, your life revolves around your kids, right? And Brynn will come through, and me and Amy will be not whispering, but we'll be talking quietly about something. And she's like, you're not supposed to whisper. You're not supposed to have secrets. And I just kind of like, whatever, go to your room, you're grounded. But know that there are times that there's something that I want to say to Amy Lou that I don't want anybody else to hear. All you men, get your minds out of the gutter. And I'll lean into Amy Lou and I'll And I believe that's what God wants to do over the next 21 days. I believe that he wants to speak to you so miraculously and to do something that is so much bigger than you even thought was possible. In fact, can I go one more step with the aspect of prayer? Like like for some of you, here's one of these like, like as great as you are going to pray, I want you to know that God has something more. Like, my prayer for you guys is that God shows up bigger than even your greatest prayer. Like, I don't know where you're at and what you're going to be praying for for these next 21 days, who you're going to be praying for, where you're going to be going, where your own personal obedience is, where your commitment level is going to be. But my prayer is that God shows up and you find him to be bigger than your greatest prayer. You say, wow, is that even possible? (laughs) Not only is it, It's reality. In fact, there's gonna be a lot of things that we do and I'm gonna talk about those in just a minute, but listen to me. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. You're not gonna get to where you wanna go having distance between you and God. In fact, in James chapter four, verse 18, you'll see the scripture show up. It's actually chapter four, verse eight, I'm sorry. Very familiar verse, it simply says this. Draw near to God and he will. Draw near to you. You know what that's saying? If there's been a separation in your life, if you feel like right now you're just not quite where you once were with the Lord or you're not quite where you want to be with the Lord, let me give you a big sign of freedom, a big old deep breath. Guess what? He's at the same place you left him. He's never moved. You're the only one that's drawn back and he's never stopped speaking. In fact, for some of you, he's been trying to tell you some things for a long time. You say, well, pastor, why have I not heard it? Because you've not gotten close enough. This is not a legalistic statement, this is a biblical statement. You are fooling yourself if you think disobedience causes you to hear the word of God. It's obedience that will allow you to hear from God. Disobedience will give you a circumstance where you'll understand through the consequences that God is who he says he is and he's graceful and he's loving. But everything that you want in your life does not come through disobedience. It comes through obedience and drawing closer and closer to him. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.